0: Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old-Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old-time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit ComicWeb.com for more information, or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features two episodes of Strange Dr. Weird, called Death in the Everglades and He Woke Up Dead. They first aired in either 1944 or 1945. Adam Pats presents...
1: The Strange Dr. Weird.
2: Good evening. Come in, won't you? You seem a bit nervous. Perhaps the cemetery outside this house has upset you. But there are things far worse than cemeteries. Such things as dark, forbidding swamps, stretching for hundreds of miles and inhabited by snakes and mosquitoes and alligators, as in the story I want to tell you tonight. The story I call Death in the Everglades. story begins in the vast shadowy wastes of the Florida Everglades. A small dugout glides through the dark swamp water, pulled along by a weather-beaten guide. The guide's passengers, Gerald Drake and his wife Kitty, sit nervously in the center of the dugout, subdued by their strange and uncanny surroundings.
3: Gerald, how much further do we have to go? It's been two hours now since we left the mainland.
2: I'll see. Guide! How much further is
4: it to my uncle's home? It ain't much further. Get that small piece.
3: Gerald, are you sure your Uncle Jason has money?
4: Well, up until my mother died a year ago, Uncle Jason was sending her $500 a month, and he owns thousands of acres of valuable Florida property.
3: If he has money, why should he choose to live here all alone in these horrible swamps?
4: Because he's an eccentric.
3: Oh, Gerald, please, let's turn back. This horrible dark swamp with its alligators and snakes frightens me. I have a feeling that something dreadful will happen if we don't turn back.
4: I'll be a fool, Kitty. We can't turn back. We're broke, do you understand that? Uncle Jason is our last hope. We must go on. Why have you come here, Gerald? Well, after all, Uncle Jason, I am your only living relative, and, well, I wanted to find out how you were getting along.
3: Gerald worries about your living here alone in the swamp. I'll
4: always live here in the swamp, always. It's quiet and peaceful here. I have my friends. Your your friends? Yes. Didn't you see them as you came here? Singing in the trees, swimming in the water. I know them all. They're my friends. They protect me from harm like true friends do. Yes, yes, of course, Uncle. I I just I know why you come here. You want money. That's why you come here, isn't it? Well, uh, yes. You see, Uncle Jason, we... Get out! Get out, you hear? I won't give you a cent. Not a cent. But Uncle Jason, after all, you must remember that I'm your only. Leave my house at once. Get
3: out! But we can't. The guide won't be back until four o'clock this afternoon to take us to the mainland.
4: Yeah. Hey, well, then. You must stay here until he comes. I'm going out now, and when I come back at sundown, I don't want to find either of you here. I'm trying, trying to break the lock on this metal cash box. Cash
3: box?
4: Yes, my darling. A short talk when Uncle Jason convinced me that he kept his money someplace in this house. It wasn't too difficult to find his cash oh, box. Oh, If my dear Uncle won't part with his money willingly, he's going to have to part with it unwillingly. I cash box. What are you doing with it? Uncle Jason. You're, uh home a bit early, aren't you, Uncle Jason? You're trying to rob me. You're like all the others. No, well, I won't let you rob me. Give me my box. Give me my I don't box. like I to do me this, me. Uncle Jason, but I must have that money, understand? Come on now. Kill me. Kill me. You'll never get away with my box. Give me that. I find you in the swamp. You'll see, you don't. You'll never leave this swamp. Never. Very you... well. I'll go. If you insist. Let go of him. Let go or you'll kill him. That's exactly what I'm doing. You're the one who's never going to leave the swamps, Uncle. You're going to stay here with your friends forever. While I go back to the mainland with your money. There. Gerald.
3: Gerald, you've killed him. You've killed him. you will send us
4: to prison for this. Don't be a fool. Then once you come looking for Uncle Jason, they, they won't find that trace. of What do you mean? We're going to get rid of dear Uncle Jason. <laughs> yes. Give me a hand with this body, Kitty. We're taking Uncle Jason to his friends.
3: have to carry him.
4: This is far enough, darling. Uh, just uh, set him down here. Here,
3: where the water's itch.
4: Yeah. Uh, it's a little perfectly. let his legs. Here. That's it.
3: There we are. you, know, you are just going to leave him here, are you?
4: Why, well, of course, darling. Uncle Jason's friends will look after him.
3: His friends?
4: Why, yes. We'll go over there. See him swimming this way?
3: Alligators. Monster Alligators. They're coming up out of the water. Yes, so they are. Look. One of them is crawling up to Uncle Jason's body. He's going
4: to. Yes. Goodbye, Uncle Jason.
1: Our mystery will be continued in a moment. But, Dr. Weird, if uh, if you'll come over here, I uh, have a mystery of my own. Mystery is my business, young man. All right, uh, here's the clue. The number five. Five dead men? No, I'm afraid you're wrong, doctor. I'm talking about the famous Adam Five, the quality hat made of all fur felt, available at the thousands of Adam Hat stores and authorized dealers all over the country for only five dollars. And it's far from dead. In fact, it's the liveliest number you've ever seen, mister. Why not step into an Adam Hat shop and prove it to yourself? Try on your size in a famous Adam Five. Examine its snappy style, its lively color, the look of distinction. You don't have to be a master detective to see that in quality and style, an Adam is America's top hat. Now, Dr. Weird.
2: And now I'll finish my story, Death in the Everglades. An hour after Uncle Jason's death... Gerald and Kitty sat on Jason's dock, waiting for the guide to arrive. While they waited, Gerald tried to break open the metal cash box, but without success. Suddenly, they heard a shout.
3: Hello
4: there! Sorry if I kept you folks waiting and hop in the dugout. We're on our way back to the mainland. It's getting dark in a few hours. You don't want to be caught in it. What are you staring at? That box you got there. If the boss your uncle keeps his money in. I've seen it when he's given me money for provisions. What are you doing with it? That's my business, and I don't have to explain it to you. You do if you want me to take you in my dugout of the mainland. Perhaps this will help you change your mind about that. Uh, good. Yeah. Now, if you value your life, you'll have us on the mainland within two hours. Two hours, you understand? <laughs> two hours, are almost up. Why haven't we reached the mainland? It's already dark. It's just a small piece beyond this island we're passing. Hear Kitty? In a few minutes, we'll be on the mainland.
3: But, Gerald, the guide will go to the local sheriff and tell him everything.
2: Don't you worry about the guide. I'll take care of him.
3: That fool! Why's he gone so close
4: to the island? Have us a growl if he
3: doesn't want. Gerald! Watch? Gerald, he's gone! He's not in the boat!
4: Gone? I, you're right. He must have swung on an overhead branch as we were passing the
3: island. Gerald! Gerald, there he is! He's standing in that small clearing on the island. Find your way to the mainland,
4: you Stephen murderer! I'll
3: never take you there. Oh, Gerald, what will we do without it? Kitty, get hold of yourself. We're
4: going to reach the mainland safely. Oh, but
3: how can we find our way? The sun's setting today. It's already dark here in the swamp. We may be miles from safety. Miles of these tiny winding streams. These horrible cypress trees growing together over our heads. So we can't see where we're going. Stop it, Kitty. <laughs> Listen to me.
4: We're not in any danger, do you hear me? I admit that we can't get out of the swamp tonight. All we have to do is stay right here in the dugout until morning. When it's light, again. No,
3: no, we'll never find our way out. Even the guides get lost in the Everglades sometimes. Anyway, anyway, they won't let us go. They'll stop us just like he said. Who'll stop us? Uncle Jason's friends. Listen to them. All around us. Waiting for us. Look, they in the water. They're coming for us. The
4: Kitty, you mustn't say that. We're going to make it, do you hear me? Or we'll be rich. There's a fortune in this cash box. I'll open it for you. Then you'll see how rich we are. Here. It's a hard lock to pick off. Maybe I can shoot it open. Kitty, the lock's broken. Kitty, look. Money. Money? Yeah. It's 50, 100,
3: 150, 200, 210. You I mean there's
4: only $210 in that box? Yeah, but look, look. There's a paper in the box. He'll probably tell us where the rest of the money's hidden. Come on, let's let's see. Ah, it's a real estate deed. Twenty thousand acres. Assessed value. Assessed value. One thousand dollars. No,
3: can't be. Oh, your uncle was a wealthy man. He had money and land. He has two hundred and ten dollars and twenty thousand acres of worthless swamp. There must be more than this. There's got to be. Stand up, Gerald. Look around you. 20,000 acres of worthless swamp. It's all yours, Gerald. And we committed murder to get it. Teddy, sit down. Sit down. Do you hear me? will turn a out over. They're lost in your bad kingdom full of snakes and alligators. Why don't you ask one of your loyal subjects how to get to the mainland? Go ahead, Gerald. Teddy, We'll turn it over. <laughs> Teddy. Teddy, are you all right? <laughs>
4: Right now, I'm yeah. hanging on the dugout. We're this way. Kitty, Kitty, listen, church bells. Uh, they're ringing in the village church in the mainland. We can't be more than a few hundred yards
3: from the mainland. Yeah, that means we'll be able to reach the mainland. Yeah. All we have to do is write the dugout. and yeah. something's up against me. Kitty! No! Kitty, where are you? What? No! No!
2: bad about poor Gerald and Kitty, isn't it? Such a nice young couple, but so unlucky. How were they to know that Uncle Jason's cash box contained only a few hundred dollars and a deed to some worthless swamp land? And then to die in such a horrible way, only a few hundred yards from safety, in the jaws of Uncle Jason's friends, the alligators. You know, it occurs to me that perhaps Uncle Jason buried his fortune someplace in the swamp. Uh, Perhaps you'll be interested in going with me to the Everglades to search for it. Oh, you have to go now. Too bad. But perhaps you'll drop in on me again soon. I'm always home. Just look for the house on the other side of the cemetery. The house of Dr. Weir.
1: The Strange Dr. Weird
2: Good evening Come in, won't you? Why, what's the matter? You seem a bit nervous, uh, pale and distraught Perhaps a story would help calm your nerves. Yes, a delightful little story about a dead man who acts just as if he were alive. I know you like it. I call it... He Woke Up Dead. My story, He Woke Up Dead begins with two men pacing back and forth at the top of a high cliff overlooking the Pacific. they are John Raymond and his brother Gregory a gaunt man in whose eyes gleams a fanatical fire.
4: Gregory the answer is no. you're asking for a hundred thousand dollars from the Raymond Foundation to spend on fake yogis and Swamis trying to get in touch with the dead. Well you're not getting it but John. All my life, I've been studying death and what is in the life beyond. And now, with just a little money, I know I can penetrate its mysteries. The Raymond Foundation would be the laughing stock of the world if it went in for such a crackpot idea. So sure, you think I'm a crackpot. Well, when you die, John, according to Father's will, I'll be head of the Raymond Foundation. Then you'll see, I'll turn the whole foundation into a great research laboratory to study death. That will never be. I intend to have the courts change the will. So you'll never be head of the foundation, Gregory? No. No, you can't. You're blocking a tremendously important piece of work. But I won't let you. So? Just what can you do about it? This, John. I can do this. So go, 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 go. No. Uncle Gregory, you say Father had a dizzy spell and fell from the cliff before you could catch him? Yes, Jack. It happened so fast. I I could do nothing.
3: But Father never got dizzy. His health was perfect.
4: A groundkeeper says he saw you push Father off the cliff. That's nonsense. I was trying to catch him, pull him back.
3: Jack, you know Uncle Gregory wouldn't do a thing. I'm
4: not so sure, Susan. Now listen to me, both of you. The coroner said your father died accidentally. And that closes the matter. Not with me, it doesn't. No? Well, I'm now head of the Raymond Foundation. And I'm going to pour all the resources of the Foundation into an effort to contact the dead. Why, that's insane. The Foundation scientists are on the verge of a cure for cancer, for tuberculosis. You can't stop their work now. I can and I will. Oh, no, you won't. He'll stop you somehow. Because you did murder Dad. You killed him to get control of the Foundation for your crazy schemes. Get out. Get out, both of you. Get out before I... I...
5: I... Jack, he tripped on the rug. His head hit against the fireplace. Wait.
6: See how badly he's hurt.
5: Jack, what is it? Is he... He
6: did? Yes,
4: Susan. All his life, Uncle Gregory's been trying to find out what happened when you die. Now, now he's going
6: to find out.
1: Uh, Dr. Weird, before you give us the second half of tonight's tale, can you tell me why you're called doctor? Easy. When people listen to this program,
2: I show them how to avoid such, uh, unhealthy things is being murdered
1: and... Uh, <laughs> well, somehow, doctor, I doubt whether that would cure anybody of anything, especially a case of nerves. But I'd like to tell the men in our audience how to cure something that can be cured. It's old hat-itis. Being addicted to the same old weather-beaten hat. The only real remedy for old hat-itis is to go out and get yourself a good new hat or two or three. Now, Adam hats are priced so sensibly, only $345 to $10, you'll easily be able to afford more than one. Combining distinctively smart styles with fine quality materials and craftsmanship, Adam hats are a truly outstanding value. You'll find it more than worth your while to discard your old headpiece for a brand new Adam hat, or two, or three. Now, back to. Dr. Weir.
2: And now I'll continue my story, He Woke Up Dead. When Gregory Raymond returned to consciousness, he was alone in a great dim room. The thick, cloying scent of flowers was heavy in the air. Startled, he saw at the other end of the room three coffins resting on trestles. One of the coffins was banked with flowers and tall candles burned at either end of it. Dazed and bewildered, Gregory Raymond strode toward the three coffins.
4: This room, where am I? Stained glass windows? It's like a church. Who's in this coffin with all the flowers on it? Why, I... The body in this coffin is mine. No. No, it's impossible. I'm not dead. I, I can't be.
6: You mustn't be upset, mister. Most of us feel that way at
5: first. Huh? Yes, we did. But it will pass soon. Wha-
2: Who are you? Turning, Gregory Raymond was astounded to see dim figures coming toward him from the shadows. A man and a woman, both very old. They smiled at him sympathetically.
6: I... I am Joshua Benson. This is my wife, Nellie. These are our bodies in these other two coffins. I I don't understand. Oh, you will. Look, here in this coffin. See? It's my body, isn't it? It looks just like you. It is me. The earthly me, I mean. And now, this one is Nellie.
5: You mustn't be so upset. You'll soon be used to the idea. We're... we're really dead? All three of us? Why, of course. You died
6: yesterday morning. You slipped and fell and hit your head. Yes. Yes, I remember. It's taken you until now to, well, to become aware of things again. Death is a great shock, you know. But where am I? What is this place? Uh, this is the mortuary chapel at the cemetery. they are be coming for your body soon to bury it.
5: Joshua and I were killed two nights ago in an auto accident. But they aren't going to bury us until tomorrow. I, I never dreamed death would be like this. Why...
4: Why, I can still see and hear. I can breathe. My heart still beats. Oh, not really.
6: You're used to those things, so they let you think there hasn't been much change until you've had a chance to get over your shock. They? Who do you mean? Uh, The ones in charge. You'll know more about them soon. Uh, Mr. Benedict will be coming for us, and I expect he'll take you along, too. Mr.
5: Benedict? Who's he? The guide. The guide. He stopped by last night just to tell us not to worry and to wait for him here. He'll take us on to, well, to the place where we go next.
6: I... I see. Shh. Someone's coming. Come, Come back here out of the way. Four men.
5: And Jack and Susan. Oh, they've come to take your body away to bury it.
4: All right, men. Take it easy now. That's it. All live together. No, no, they can't bury me. I'm not dead. I I can't be. Jack, Susan, listen to me. It's Gregory, your Uncle Gregory.
5: They've gone. They didn't hear me. Because you're dead. The dead can't communicate with the living. It just isn't possible.
4: But it must be. All my life I've worked to establish such
5: communication.
4: Now, now I have so much to tell the world. The people I've worked with, I must find some way to communicate with them. I must, I must.
5: Are you ready? You feeling better, Mr. Raymond? This is Mr. Benedict. He's come for us.
7: Yes, it is time. We must go.
4: (laughs) But I can't go. I've got to tell people, the people I work with i worked so hard to find the truth, and now, now I... It may not be.
7: There can be no communication. Now, Mr. Benson, Mrs. Benson. Yes, sir. It is time.
6: Oh, yes, Mr. Benedict, we're ready, but Mr. Raymond here is coming with us, isn't he?
7: It is impossible. He is doomed to stay here on earth.
4: What do you mean? What are you saying?
7: That is your punishment, Remain forever a spirit that moves unseen and unheard among men. It is the punishment of all who murder and die unrepentant and unconfessed.
5: Oh, no. He... he's a murderer?
4: I can't believe it.
7: That is not for me to say. Come. We must be going.
4: No, wait. You've got to take me with you. I, I can't stand it being here, seeing, hearing as if I were alive and not able to make anybody see or hear me. I have to go with you. I have to find out what comes next. It may not be. But you've got to take me. If I confess, if I repent, will that make a difference?
7: It may. I cannot promise.
4: Then I do confess. I killed my brother John. I pushed him off the cliff. I'm sorry now, but it seemed so important then that I just had to do it.
7: You are confessing to your brother's murder? Yes,
4: yes, I killed him. I admit it. Now take me with you. You can't leave me here. You can't. Gregory Raymond, listen to me. You're under arrest for murder. You huh? understand? Under arrest for murder. What? What are you saying? I'm dead. We're all dead. You're not dead. You're very much alive. And you're under arrest. These two people are witnesses to your confession. Now come along with me. No. No, you can't arrest me. Don't you understand? You can't arrest a dead man. And I'm dead. Dead.
2: Dead. <laughs> was Gregory Raymond dead? Or was he alive? Well, the doctor said he was alive. For well, you see, when his nephew found that the fall had only knocked Gregory unconscious, a strange scheme came to him. And with the aid of three coffins and three clever wax dummies that looked exactly like corpses, plus several excellent actors. He really made his uncle Gregory believe he was dead. In fact, uh, Gregory became so convinced of it that when they told him he was really alive, he wouldn't believe them. To this day, nothing can convince him he isn't really dead. <laughs> it's probably the strangest punishment... A murderer, I ever had. Though I did know another man who would. Oh, you have to go. Perhaps you'll drop in again soon. Just look for the house on the other side of the cemetery. The house of Doctor Weird.
0: So, if you're like me, then you've never heard of this program, but figured, well, I have to see what it's about with a name like Strange Doctor Weird. So the crack investigative team here at Comic Web International discovered that it's a ripoff of Inner Sanctum and Mysterious Traveler. But hey, it's still fun. Dr. Weird is the narrator who delights in telling grisly tales of suspense and just desserts. He lives in a cemetery and therefore he's not only Dr. Weird but also a little strange. The show only ran from 1944 to 1945. The part of Dr. Weird was played by Maurice Tarplin, the same actor who played the Mysterious Traveler, and the episodes were written by Robert Arthur, one of the writers of For Mysterious Traveler*. The show is compressed into only 15 minutes. As a creative exercise, it's interesting to see how they fit what is usually a full half-hour show into only half as much time. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.